This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Conrad Blackways, in author, commentator, and historian, and this is one such occasion. Conrad, how are you this afternoon? I'm fine, thanks, John. How are you? Likewise. I'm a little bewildered or perplexed, though. You know, it was last week at this time we were discussing the inevitability of Boris Johnson uh, taking the U.K. out of uh, the E.U., and all of a sudden, uh, everything has shifted. You know, they say a week is an eternity in politics, I guess, because it kind of reminds me of uh, when you see these animated videos where the protagonist is racing to a goal and then all kinds of hoops and hurdles and detritus are being flung in their midst. Uh, that's sort of what's happened to old Boris this week, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they're they're throwing everything but the kitchen sink at him, but I, I, he's still going to get there. Is he? Oh, I think so, yeah. Okay, and uh, what would he have to do to overcome? I mean, the fact that uh, he sort of lost, well, his own brother actually defected from That was no great loss. I mean, their relations are fine, but he was only in there, you know, as an able man who he could trust generally dealing with an issue having nothing to do with Brexit as the university's minister, which is in a a federal state, not not a particularly great job, you know. I mean, it's a fine job, but I mean, it's not a terribly important position or one that with a lot of executive authority. That is, too much has been made of that. Those two have always disagreed on that issue, and Boris disagrees with his father, too. Stanley Johnson was European commissioner. Uh, But, you know, these things happen. I mean, there are different views on this subject in families. It's one of that, it's one of those issues, you know. But, um, but their personal relations are fine, but uh, you know it's a question of principle on that on that matter. But on the question of how does Boris get there, it gets quite technical. But the fact is, the uh, the combination of the renegade Tories uh, who've been thrown out now, twenty one of them, and and the Labour Party, which is just as divided as the Conservative Party, by the way, and has a Marxist lunatic as a leader. Uh, the Liberal Democrats, who are adding strength because they're the respectable anti-Brexit party, because respectable people can't support the Labour Party right now, and the Scottish separatists, who are, you know, they're respectable in parts of Scotland, but nowhere else, and the two Northern Irish parties, who aren't aren't bad parties particularly, but they're completely focused on local issues, all of those standing on each other's shoulders can probably force across a, a bill purporting to to make uh, illegal a departure from the EU without a deal. Uh, but as Le Monde, the famous French newspaper, pointed out a couple of months ago, that uh, that is like the passengers of the Titanic voting no confidence in an iceberg. <laughs> and uh, the, the fact is they can get that done, but then they have to give Boris dissolution for a new election. And this is what I was, I believe, mentioning last week. He'll give... 30 or 40 or 50 of the constituencies of 650, uh, 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 he'll give the Brexit party of Nigel Farage a free ride in those districts, and the Brexit party will not run against the Conservatives in any of the other districts, and they will win the election. And then they will repeal that law and leave Europe. Now, the alternative is, uh, if they try and prevent an election, then, uh, in the, first of all, Boris can, uh, under the fixed-term Parliaments Act, you need a two-thirds vote to, to call an election earlier than foreseen. But you can pass a single bill by a simple majority specifically asking for an election. If Johnson can't get that majority, and I think he would get that majority, by the way, but if he can't, then uh, th- they will try and sit there, all six groupings, trying to... 
manage the government while Johnson and all his ministers are sitting there simply refusing to do what whatever they might legislate. And it is such an absurd situation that you would have to have an election. And I believe that Johnson and Farage together would easily win the election against this improbable pantomime horse of these six different parties uh, or, or groupings and, and several of the parties seriously divided amongst themselves on this issue. Yeah, well, they're talking, yeah, Scottish separatism again has reared its head, and uh, boy, it's a real dog's breakfast, but you're saying the machinations that Johnson is capable of uh, executing here would lead to, again, even if there's no deal, a no-deal Brexit by Halloween. I believe that will happen. The, the, the farthest out you can see it is if they reach a compromise, which is that they grant an election and Boris agrees to request an extension for let us say to the end of the year, and and then if he, if he wins the election, he makes an earnest effort to negotiate a compromise because you, you, he can't negotiate with them now. Parliament's going to go into prorogation next week, and, and he can't go and negotiate with Brussels now with the with the apparent majority of Parliament saying uh, that, that they can't leave without a deal. And this remembers the same Parliament that three times rejected Brussels' deal. They told Brussels and Theresa May to get lost with that deal by by heavy majorities. And now by a narrow majority, they're telling Johnson he can't leave without a deal. I mean, in the end, those people are going to have to evoke the issue to the electors. And the electors of Britain will punish them for their irresponsibility, including many who would rather stay in Europe but won't tolerate this kind of nonsense. Hmm, interesting. All right. Uh, we'll see. Uh, it's coming up. That deadline is approaching. Conrad Black with us, author, commentator, and historian. Speaking of things that uh, may never get completed, uh, this Trans Mountain Pipeline. Now, the Federal Court of Appeals earlier this uh, week said that uh, they're willing to listen to uh, certain groups, indigenous groups, that still have uh, issues with this thing going ahead. Justin Trudeau, I mean, he's been looking for social license and all the rest. I mean, do you honestly think that he wants to see this thing get built? Or I someone? have absolutely no faith in, in his ability to do anything useful about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not anti-Justin, as you know. I've often defended him in this program as a person. I think he's, I think he's a nice fellow and a good man. I, I don't think he's been a good prime minister, but, but I, I'm not a Justin basher. But, uh, but the fact is we need all three of the pipelines, Canada East, Pacific Gateway, and Trans Mountain. We need them and we should build them. And if we have to expand the courts and put some people on there who don't construe their duty as to pretend that we are invaders and descendants of invaders in this continent who, who have done to the native people what Hitler and Stalin did to Poland, and therefore we should give everything back to them and base ourselves at the feet of the natives on every single issue and construe the Constitution's requirement, which is fine for negotiation, is even 25 years of negotiation being questionably sufficient. We add judges who don't think that, so we actually get some serious rulings out of these courts and get on with the imminent domain of the national interest. But Justin's not the guy to do that. Now, look, I wouldn't bet the ranch on Andrew Scheer either, but he'd be a lot braver on that issue than Justin would. And he is a, a politician from Western Canada and from a province of Saskatchewan that has an interest in, in, in the development of the oil industry and is not under the misapprehension that if we don't abolish oil altogether and keep it boxed up in the D 
deepest earth, we are all going to perish within 11 years. Well, interesting you would bring that up. Elizabeth May is going to join us after the news at the top of the Please hour. Please give her my compliments. She's a lovely person. <laughs> I, I admire her and I like her, but on a number of issues, she's completely and utterly hopeless. Well, uh, I mean, to the point that we would uh, basically forego all fossil fuels in uh, 10 or 12 years and convert to a green economy. I just don't know how that's doable. I, I, I have greater, she's a practicing Christian, and I have greater agreement with her on religious matters than political ones, but she's a very nice person. All right. I was just going to ask if maybe, you know, Justin secretly wants the obstructionists to win on this pipeline thing. I, I, it's not for me to mind read, but I think mm. he would be highly consolable. Oh, okay. Conrad, it's always a pleasure, and uh, I'll give best regards to Ms. May when she joins us. Well, please do. She's, she's, I'm not necessarily, she's a terribly nice person. I'm glad she's there. I went out and spoke to her constituents. I mean, not as, as constituents, but to that Salt Spring Foundation a few years ago, that, that, that's her constituency. Mm-hmm. I, it, it, it's, it's another world out there. I, the reason they, they fear for the planet is because they live on another planet out there. <laughs> But they're very nice <laughs> Right, the parallel universe that's at Salt Spring <laughs> Island. So uh, what do you make, though, by the way, uh, her and Jugmeat, they're having this back and forth over New Brunswick uh, NDP candidates that may or may not have shifted allegiances. I mean, uh, I'll talk to her about that. But do you think this, this, this election where the red, I'm told, will drop next week, uh, she will eclipse the fortunes of the NDP? Well, I, I think she's going to take a bite out of them. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not qualified enough about how it's working in New Brunswick or, or you know, about the electorate in a number of places to, to, you know, to comment in a learned way. But my impression is she's certainly going to take some of their, you know, take some of their thunder, yeah. All right. Uh, we'll talk to her and uh, we'll leave you and look forward to talking to you next Friday. Have a great weekend. Same to you, uh, John, and your listeners, and to Elizabeth. All right. Thanks. Very good. Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.